Inside, Kempe dishes in front. Another sliding catch saved by Flurry. This time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity. Lizana sliding catch save. Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. It is the number one source for hockey talk in the Las Vegas Valley, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Our number two getting you set for the Arizona Coyotes and the Golden Knights playing for the first time in a while. They open up the season against each other in the first couple of weeks, and uh, it's been quiet. Uh, they've played everybody else since then, and now back together for the first of two tonight. Uh, they will play again on Sunday afternoon, and uh, since they last met, the Coyotes have stabilized and are now in a playoff position, and the Golden Knights continue to fight for first place. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace here at T-Mobile Arena. This is a game with a lot of subplots to it. The plucky, spunky Arizona Coyotes with uh, a roster that isn't built in the most traditional way, using the third-string goaltender, trying to fight their way into the playoffs. And the Golden Knights uh, coming off uh, a really difficult stretch in their schedule, trying to get back on a, on a winning streak that would rival the Colorado Avalanche and put them back into first place, four points back of the Avalanche going into tonight. It's it's an interesting game for me in in terms of the desperation level on both sides. You know that Arizona is looking for two points. They they gave points away in their last game to the LA Kings and those are points that are going to hurt them. They they need to continue to win hockey games to stay where they're at. And for the Golden Knights, there needs to be desperation in terms of needing points as well. And I'm curious to see where that line in the sand is drawn and which team is more desperate tonight. I think that's really, for me, the story with the Golden Knights. I want them to be more desperate than their opponent, even if, they, if, even if, the, the, even if where they're at in the standings tell us that shouldn't be the case. Do you not feel like, like the season has turned a page a little bit from the grind of the schedule and being worn down to the realization that we're only a couple of days from the National Hockey League trade deadline, and after that, it's the stretch drive of the season, and everybody has to get uh, really locked in. Two weeks ago, a week ago, I felt fatigue in, in the league. Not just the Golden Knights and what they were going through, but Tampa Bay hit a rough patch. Toronto, a week and a half ago, was in a rough patch. Edmonton was in a, a bit of a sputter. A Boston. Like, all, all, a lot of these teams that you thought were going to be in the mix and fighting for, or had been making a great run, had come down to earth yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And now... I feel a, a different energy around the league. And it's tough to quantify that, mm -hmm. but to me, it's tangible. And I, I think you'll see a more engaged Golden Knights squad. I don't think it was on purpose that they weren't on top of their game, but I, I do feel that there's ebbs and flows, even for great teams who are hovering around a 750 winning percentage during the course of a campaign. And... That was the is the ebb good or the flow good? Well, I 
I think with the with the team, uh, and I think I think Eb's good. I don't know. Eb is, I just, is it, Eb the, good? Those are the questions I shouldn't ask on live radio. Well, you look that up, and, yeah. and we'll we'll kind of go in 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 the way that I'm looking at it is. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can see yes. the finish line, right? Like, and, and that was just something that I came to realize today when I got here into the building and I started looking over the schedule and I'm looking at the amount of series left for the Golden Knights and realizing that the end is on the horizon. You can see it. And I think that there's merit in that. I think for a team like the Golden Knights who are ultimately going to be judged this season, not by what they do in the regular season, but what they accomplish in the postseason, having that benchmark closer, close enough to see, I think is important because that should bring a level of excitement for the Golden Knights, knowing that they're inching ever so close to getting to the part of the season that really matters for them. I used the the sort of comparison to running a marathon before. Yeah. And... and you got to get through that one serious challenge mm-hmm. to your body where yeah. you just feel like just sitting down and quitting like you can't get through it you got to get that's that's what uh, i think the golden knights have just gone through yeah, and you got to fight through it maybe you weren't as fast as you were during the uh, previous portion of the marathon you and but you got through it you didn't quit now they weren't going to quit but they were they were challenged now there's there's a light at the like you said there's some some excitement to the fact that the playoffs are right around the corner they, they get through the trade deadline and focus on being ready for the playoffs not just surviving the season yeah i think that that's that's key right there it's getting ready for what's to come next instead of just continuing to go through and survive the rigors of Oh, (laughs) we got a special treat for you. Can you hear it? That, ladies and gentlemen, is my good friend Harold. He's going through his rehearsal. Harold is the town crier from the Henderson Silver Knights, who is going to make his T-Mobile debut tonight. And if you're familiar with the Henderson Silver Knights and the uh, the goal announcements <laughs> over at the Orleans Arena, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have not been exposed to Harold and the town crier announcements uh, of uh, the Henderson Silver Knights, you are in for a treat. Uh, on the on the teeth and hair, the TV broadcast tonight, mm-hmm. when the Golden Knights score, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get somebody to record it because I want to run it on the broadcast, and it's it's awesome. He does the big big horn and then he does this like uh, <laughs> medieval announcement it's awesome i love it and he clears his throat every time ahem, ahem. um yeah it's it's great so i i knew about it yesterday and i almost tipped my hat uh hand to you guys yesterday <laughs> and i had to find a different uh, a way to recover from it and then mm-hmm. i got then i got permission uh well, and the fact that he's going through the rehearsal right now, and you can hear it in the background. But the Can't town, get away from it. Town Crier Harold <laughs> is here tonight, and it's awesome. It's one. You asked Dylan Secura. We yeah. Remember we talked to him yeah. about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I, I, I think the guys, uh, the players here on both teams are going to enjoy Harold's uh, T-Mobile debut. So a couple of things. That'll get you through a marathon. Yes, right there. Just, like, just, just that little bit of excitement. Just something different. Yes. That'll get you through a marathon. Now, for me, like I'm excited. I I have yet to get the full 
town crier experience, so I'm, I'm like over the moon excited. I came to the rink today with a lot of excitement, and I think that that might have had something to do with it. I just like the fact that his name's Harold. That's a good name. That's a great, great name. Harold. Is Harold, is Harold better than Darren? By the way, that's my father. That was my father's name, Harold. Darren? So, no. Harold, great name. Oh, I thought your father's name was Darren. Didn't people call him Darren? Though? No, no, no. Nobody would dare use sure? such a such a horrible name like that. Did uh, did Harold name his car? No, but he he passed his middle name or my middle name is Harold, so he passed the name on to me as well. So, uh, hmm. yeah. Was there any uh, any like real reason for that uh, information, or was it just just well, to jump in? You mentioned his name is Harold, and you yeah. said what a great name it is. So yes, my father Harold. Like, there's no way. Like, is there's there. A real urgency to get that in the show, or is that yes, something yes, that there have, is, there is. That could have, uh, yeah, maybe just been slid into a commercial break when we were conversing. Why, why would I do that? Would do, do, do your dad and and this Harold spell it the same way? I don't know. I don't know how this guy spells it. I don't know how your dad spells it either. Is there more than one way to spell Harold? I don't oh, think so. Yeah. Well, the Dauphin Herald, the newspaper, it was H E R. Well, that's that's a herald. Yeah, that's not Harold. Right. <laughs> uh, thanks for that uh, dynamite drop in, Monty. I appreciate it. We'll get back to you in just a little bit and uh, make sure that things are all kosher on catching up with Chapman. The Golden Knights take on the Arizona Coyotes tonight. Uh, this uh, this is an opportunity to establish uh, something on the power play too. Power play's gone over the last five games. Yes. yes. We talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. They. Uh, they need it to start impacting games mm-hmm. positively. Yeah, 100%. I, and I I want to see production from the power play today, and I want to see the Golden Knights just kind of build on just generating as many chances as they can on the on, on a power play and hopefully get one or two. And, and you, you used the word greasy earlier today. I don't care if if they're if it's the greasiest goal you've ever seen in your life. I gotta see them convert on the power play tonight. You know an area that that hasn't been as impactful this year that normally is a is a pretty good staple of the the Golden Knights is the ability to generate offense while shorthanded. Yeah, they've got one shorthanded goal this year. I I don't really know what why that is. They've had looks. They've they're had chances. Great it's just, looks. Just, the puck's just not going in. There's been some nights where they're shorthanded. They've had better looks than, than the power play, just the way things have gone. Sure. And and they've been able to read plays, and they have such great instincts when they're shorthanded. But we haven't seen one of those runs where they've had three goal, shorthanded goals in a 10-game span or, or anything like that. So that's another area where I keep waiting for the seal to break. Sure. Uh, just like on the power play, but also uh, on, on the shorthanded side of things where they, uh, they'll start piling up some, some bonus goals, as I call them. Well, the fact that you brought that up for the Jinxes crowd is, is certainly good news because if they go out and they score a shorthanded goal tonight, then it's going to be all because of you. Look at you. Look Nick Waugh the Impacting other day. Impacting the game. Nick, Nick Waugh on, on Wednesday, we talked about it going in, it, that, that he needed to start generating not goals, chances first yeah. yep and then goals yep and he did a lot more his his shot total is up and uh and i just had a chance to to speak with nick uh, for the for the television broadcast uh, that will run in our pregame show and and asked him about 
the shot totals that are up recently. Yeah. And is that just a byproduct of uh, different places that he's playing in the lineup, or is it uh, the game is presenting opportunities, or is he consciously trying to get the puck on net more, maybe uh, making that a priority instead of passing off and, 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 and distributing the puck? And, yeah, he admitted that uh, that it's, it's a focus right now. The, the goals haven't been there. He mm-hmm. scored one goal before before Wednesday night and he has to do more to to create those opportunities and score goals in the National Hockey League to keep his place in the lineup and and that has been a focus of his yeah and I'd like to see that game be kind of a jumping off point for Nick Waugh almost a reset like we've we've been talking about throughout the majority of the show if he can build off of that and continue to have the same mindset and get those chances get those looks you get Nick Waugh going, I think that's a benefit, obviously, for the Golden Knights moving forward. You still are going to need Alex Tuck to chip in offensively. You're going to need him to find the back of the net. You're going to need Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty to have solid games and get themselves back into uh, into scoring. And and that's really what you want to see tonight and, and beyond for the Golden Knights. Imagine if you got Waugh and Kolasar both to erupt. Yes. As they both kind of like Kolasar. Well, I mean, Kolasar has like four grade A scoring chances every single game. Every game. Like he, yeah. he, he, there's no issue with scoring chances. I'd like to see Waugh more noticeable just from a chances perspective. Sure. And, and maybe that's coming now because you, you can't help but have some confidence after you end a drought the way he did. But if you ever got them both going, boy, that, that, that changes your, your third line in a big, huge way way and it also would put everybody sort of right into their their normal slots mm-hmm. like no six right now is playing up a little bit and does he drop back like it it just makes things right in their forward units with the top nine and then the meat grinders was got the ability it's yeah i think he has to be more just a touch more aggressive maybe a touch more selfish uh, maybe a, a little bit riskier. Uh, there's that fine line between uh, taking a chance and then costing yourself an, an odd man rush the other mm-hmm. way. Yeah. But I would like to see him take just a just push the envelope a bit more. And how how like in terms of a young player that's trying to make their mark in the NHL on a team and stay in the lineup like. How do you make that read on that risk reward line, right? Like, how do you how do you come to that realization if you're Nick Waugh that maybe you take a chance offensively, and if it costs you the other way, it's just a product of trying to make something happen in the offensive zone. Instincts, yeah. It's it's about growing as a player, and and when you break into the National Hockey League in his in his second full year yeah. in the National Hockey League. Came up, uh, up and down last year, but I consider last year more of a full year because of the bubble experience. Uh, you have to be responsible, really responsible, uh, to keep your spot in the lineup uh, when it comes to the defensive side and see how much comes offensively. That's normally, unless you're a first round pick and you can, you can take, a, a, you have a little bit more uh, swagger or a little more more rope uh, within your organization. Uh, I think he's taken care of that side the defensive side he's he's great in that mark stone loves his game mark stone's a big admirer of of nick waugh sees a lot of himself in in nick waugh's game defensively Mm -hmm. and being able to uh, knock down pucks and and play on on the right side of the puck but then you've got to contribute 
you have to contribute. Yeah. In this lineup, you have to be able to contribute. Yeah, I agree with you. 100%. And, and I'd like to see that that game against St. Louis, the puck going in for Nick Waugh, be kind of the catalyst for him down the stretch to, to continue to find ways to impact the game offensively. Max Pacioretty needs a little bit of a, a get-up-and-go, too. Chandler Stevenson was great the other night. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch. You know, they've been challenged to be better in the early goings. Mm-hmm. They have been. But they also have to contribute throughout the entire hockey game. And I wouldn't call this uh, any type of grade game Mm -hmm. where you're looking to see where they measure up. But I do think there's a lot of uh, expectations uh, or interest in how this group responds to the the flat patch. Monday was outstanding. Mm Mm-hmm. The lack of goals on Wednesday gives you another reason to go, where are they in that progress, in that development? And while they had all the shots, that's good. And the coaching staff looks at all the numbers and the different uh, uh, analytics of it. You still need to, to put the puck in the net. And this series against Arizona can do a lot to uh, just show that everybody's in the same way. Riley Smith, too. Like, what does he have to do to, to get on a run? I, I don't know, because every game it seems like Riley Smith has chances. He's in and around the net. He's in and around of all the things that are going well. It's just not falling for him right now. So I, I think Pacioretty, big game. Mark Stone, big game. Riley Smith, big game. Alex Tuck, big game. Like, you need those guys to really be the leaders tonight. And then it's got to bleed into Sunday. It can't just be tonight and then take that step back on Sunday. It's got to be consistent night in and night out from here on out. You've been beating that drum for a couple of days now. Yeah. And let's see if there's uh, some some rhythm to it. Uh, By the way, ebb and flow is uh, just just a rhythm of, uh, of highs and lows. But it doesn't tell you what the high no, is no, and what it didn't, the low it is. Didn't, it didn't really do that at all, actually. I was a little disappointed in that. It's a, um, a recurrent or rhythmical pattern of coming and going or decline and regrowth. So yep. I don't, I don't nope, really yep, know. Yep. I, th- I think, to me, mm-hmm. to me, the ebb would be the positive and the flow would be the negative, just the way you, you say it. But, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Anybody help us out there? Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back uh, with one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Going to go into that and give it a little bit more time today because there's so much happening in the National Hockey League. Another deal just coming down. I want to look into it so I can uh, give you the details on it, but it involves the Colorado Avalanche. So stay with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Blunt to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Trade seal broken a little bit. We got some news coming to you from the Colorado Avalanche and the Detroit Red Wings. A uh, swap has been consummated. Between the two clubs, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace here at the T-Mobile Arena. The Fortress getting set for the Coyotes and the Vegas Golden Knights. And 
when it comes to keeping your eye on rivals, there's no bigger focus than uh, what's going on with the Avalanche. So here's the trade. The Colorado Avalanche pick up Patrick Nemeth for a fourth round selection in next year's draft, not, not this coming draft, the 2022 NHL draft. Nemeth is a 29-year-old defenseman, left shot, soon to be unrestricted free agent. Of all the things that you expected the Colorado Avalanche to acquire, mm -hmm. where was a left shot stay-at-home defenseman? Um, for me, way behind goaltender. <laughs> Just like, like there's goalie and then off the map. See, that's Patrick see, Nemeth. When, when I talk about the, the Golden Knights and where I am between a center and a defenseman, that's kind of the deal that I was leaning towards. Yeah. yeah. Where you 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 can't have enough defense. Colorado has arguably the most dynamic defense in the National Hockey League. Yes. Now, I don't think it's as top heavy as the Golden Knights, but very dynamic. This is uh this is an interesting one. You know the other part of it is they traded Ian Cole to the Minnesota Wild earlier this year yeah. because there was a logjam of, 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 of contracts. Like they could have used Ian. I don't know what they got for Ian Cole. I can't remember. But like they just traded a fourth-round pick next year for Patrick Nemeth, who I have no issue with. But Ian Cole, I love. And he, he probably makes more than Patrick Nemeth, but... It's just a strange, when you look at the start of the season to, to now being at the trade deadline. So in exchange for Ian Cole, the Colorado Avalanche got Greg Patteron. Okay. And Cole is $3.45 million. Yeah, so a little bit more than uh, than Nemeth. But it's just, you can't, it proves again, you can never have enough defensemen. What are you smiling about? No, it just it, it it goes to it goes to exactly what you've been talking about when it comes to depth and loading up for a playoff run. If if there's even a question, you go out and you fortify as best you can. When when I saw it was Colorado and Detroit <laughs> hooking up on a trade, I would have put a hundred bucks yeah. right there on the table yeah. and said Jonathan Bernier's name is attached to that trade. Yes. So does that mean that, that Detroit and Colorado aren't talking about Jonathan Bernier? No. Does it mean that Colorado's not going to acquire a goaltender? Doesn't mean that at all. Mm -hmm. But on, th on this week's Chirp podcast, Dreger and I went back and forth on it. He was a, he was a guest, and I can challenge Dreger because we we have history. And he he was flat out confident, or in saying he wasn't sure whether Colorado would necessarily get a goaltender. And I was flabbergasted. Yeah, I don't get that. Dumbfounded. Taken aback. And keep, keep going. I ran out of words. Uh, I I couldn't believe that he would go that way. And maybe he's right. I, I've no, I was surprised at that take. I, I shouldn't say that I was... I, and I don't question Dreger and his sources. Yeah. But I just thought it was a foregone conclusion that Colorado would get a goaltender. That's why you listen to that podcast. Again, it, 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 I look at that 
as the area in which the Colorado Avalanche could give themselves the greatest insurance going into yeah. the playoffs. If they don't do it, I think that's a mistake. That That's my take on it. Like, you have an opportunity. You have a team that is capable of winning. You go out there and you make sure that if, if something happens to Philip Grubauer, your season does not end because of it. I'd be, I'd be talking to about Antti Ranta or Darcy Kemper or Aiden Hill yeah. in Arizona. Wouldn't that be interesting if they, they traded for one of the, those goaltenders and they, <laughs> they face each other in the first round of the playoffs? Could you imagine? Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs have acquired forward Riley Nash from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. This is in exchange for a conditional seventh-round pick. Why, why, why a seventh-round pick, an additional seventh-round pick? Well, Riley Nash is out of the lineup right now. He has gone for three to five weeks with a knee strain, sprain. Uh, take your pick. And I've never really come to the conclusion of which is which is which with the strain of the spring. Uh, but uh, the, he's going to be out of the lineup uh, through the end of the regular season. He's a great shutdown guy. Yeah. Now, what that did was put uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs into uh, LTIR overage on the salary cap. They're now spending more. They're spending over the cap. But because Riley Nash is on long-term injury, you're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. There's also the thought that when they did that, it it positions the Toronto Maple Leafs for another move to potentially use up that $2 million that uh, the Riley Nash is is paid to acquire another player. I'm not as bullish on that Mm -hmm. as others, but I'm more thinking that so, so when this first deal, when this deal was first announced today, a lot of people say, "Okay, that's just to use the cap, salary cap space." Yeah, I think Riley Nash has a place with the Toronto too. Maple Leafs. Yeah, and there's no salary cap in the playoffs. Uh, if the, if he's healthy and he can play in the playoffs, I think he becomes a really valuable player. Should Toronto face a team like uh, what's a high-scoring team in in the, in the North Division? Like just throw I, one, just throw one out. Okay, if I if I'm really pressed for it, I yeah. think I'll say the Edmonton Oilers. Right, right. Some, some, a team like that. Say you ended up playing a team like but that, but like more offensive than them. Yeah. So that's where I I think there could be a, a need, a need and a use for Riley Nash. Uh, Cole Caulfield, Montreal Canadiens, formerly NCAA hockey player. Yep. Uh, formerly Wisconsin Badger. Uh, and and now the reigning Hobie Baker Trophy winner. Hobie Baker Award winner for best collegiate hockey player in the NCAA. So congratulations to Cole Caulfield. I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do. for the. They, they're going to play him in the American Hockey League for a little bit. And, and if he does well, they're going to bring him back up. Uh, or bring him up uh, to the National Hockey League. Normally, it's a, like a no-brainer that these players, when they sign out of college, play in the National Hockey League. This year, it's it seems to be a lot of it. Like Zegers uh, mm-hmm. went uh, went straight to uh, the American Hockey League. There's there's a lot of these players who are starting in the American Hockey League to get their footing, and then are going to be brought up. It's it's a little. Uh, different path, different tact being used by these clubs. Cole Caulfield also scored his first pro AHL goal today. Mm. Oh, not, he did? Yeah, not a bad oh, day. Good. Not a bad day for him. That's pretty good. Yeah, because he was normally you'd, you'd get the award uh, and, and it'd be uh, 
like a big presentation. Yeah. But COVID different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his 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 situation uh, different. But uh, congratulations to Cole Caulfield out of uh, Wisconsin. Small guy, small mm-hmm. player, uh, and and um, it's funny the Eric Stahl acquisition by Montreal was was a deal that I saw like. That w- that has been like five years ago, ten years ago. Everybody's been clamoring. Where we need a big centerman. Montreal needs mm-hmm. a big centerman. Yep. Uh, they they finally did it. I don't know whether it was five years too late <laughs> or, or, or not, but they finally did it. But then Cole Caulfield. I'm 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 not sure who has a bigger presence in the Stanley Cup playoffs for Montreal. Will it be Cole Caulfield or will it be Eric Stahl? What do you think? I, you know, I think that Cole Caulfield just scores goals. And, and if he can kind of get that touch in the AHL and and he's ready, then maybe, maybe it's Cole Caulfield. Right now I'm going to go with the guy that, that you, the Montreal Canadiens just traded for and Eric Stahl. I still think that there's some mileage left there. And, uh, you know, he's he's rejuvenated, certainly not ha- not being in Buffalo anymore. I think that Eric Stahl is going to be a, a key piece for that team in the playoffs should they do any damage. Caulfield scored 30 points this year. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, 30 goals. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, the number of goals Cole, Cole Caulfield scored he scores this goals. year. Yeah. Just not, he's not a huge guy. And I know that's like old school thinking. <laughs> I know that's old school thinking, but. Uh, He's he's in the range of Connor Garland when it comes to height. Ever tell you the question I asked Connor Garland? Hey, when, when was the last time you fudged your your height, like, <laughs> like actually put down how tall you are? And and he laughed. He's like I. He, so he's listed at five ten. Connor yeah. Garland. Yeah. He said to me, I don't know who put down five ten, but I am not five ten. Uh, <laughs> and and when he was when Connor Garland, who you'll see tonight and yeah. and, and uh, watch play against the the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and there's some people that still think he's going to be traded. If they trade him, throw the keys on the franchise and, and throw it because he's uh, his contract is up, but uh, they need to keep him. Uh, he used to wear lifts in his shoes, really, yeah, to make himself <laughs> look bigger when he would talk to uh, college teams and, and and different coaches. That's fantastic. Did so. he did he wear them when he was getting his height taken so that <laughs> I, so I, that he didn't have to say it was five? He's five ten, but yeah. it's just listed there. He's uh he's an interesting one. Um, uh, Vancouver Canucks. Here's the latest on on the Vancouver Canucks. They are still going to try and play the fifty six game schedule. Mm-hmm. 21 players, four staff members on the other side of it after uh, testing positive. Six games have been postponed, but they, the National Hockey League and the Vancouver Canucks and the players are still hopeful that they can play the full 56-game schedule. And uh, Jim Benning telling uh, the media that uh, there's still family members with it that are dealing with it mm-hmm. and that are, are getting sick. But the players, uh, the players for the most part, are uh, are on the other side of it. I talked to a, a member of the Vancouver Canucks today, just by text, mm-hmm. and said, uh, and just checked in, and their response was, "It's nasty. Like it's it's pretty serious." Yeah, I, if my only take in terms of of the Vancouver Canucks and, and this situation is that uh, it's good news to hear that they're on the other side it's good news to hear that 
that you can kind of turn your focus more so on what's coming next and and that's really it the human element for me is always going to take precedence over the hockey so I'm, I'm just glad to hear that it's progressing and moving in the right direction for everybody involved. I don't, um, want, I don't want to be around when somebody says, I, I want the hockey to take a precedent over the human side of it. Yeah, I, when, when somebody starts talking like that, I, I'm out of here. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Edmonton others say they will not deal their first-round draft pick for a rental. Uh, Hall, Taylor Hall. <laughs> Remember that this week? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, maybe you. Doug McLean? Yeah, but you can convince Hall to stay, right? Like, come on. Well, the come the, on. the Oilers do want to upgrade. Okay. They do want to add add a player. Uh huh. But it doesn't sound like if you're going to trade for Taylor Hall, you'd think the Sabers would want a first round pick for sure. I I think that that's what the asking price should absolutely be. Like if I'm Kevin Adams, I I want a first round pick. That's the price. Taylor Hall's told uh, Sportsnet that he's willing to sign a contract with a team that trades for him. Come on. Let's go do it, Edmonton. He's I, not signing there. Oh, come on. No, they just they, there's no room. Come on. You can't. You can't. They, Let me. You, you, no, trust me. I'm going to find you don't a way. Even, you don't even have to look at it. You, gonna, you can't do it. I just unless want they, it Unless happen. they play without a goalie. <laughs> if they go without any goalies next year, they might be able to do it. That's the that's the only way you you can't have Drysidel, R.N.H., uh, Connor McDavid, Barry, Nurse. Not you 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 can't do it. Okay, I can't figure it out now, but I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a plan. Just uh, just because I want Taylor Hall back in Edmonton. Uh, the Panthers are are getting calls from teams about their goalie, Chris Dreger. But Bill Zito says uh, he's not in a real rush to trade another now Dreacher is is a free agent yeah so uh i i like it i like the idea of, of holding on to him yeah but you 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 actually risk losing an asset for nothing here's the thing they got bobrovsky mm-hmm. because he walked away from the columbus blue jackets for nothing That's the uh, I, well, okay, but I, I mean, Bob's not been necessarily the story for Florida. So when you argue that it's it, it's risking an asset and, and allowing an asset maybe to go for nothing in, in Dreger, I, I just look at it as the Florida Panthers have an opportunity to make the playoffs. They have an opportunity to go deep in the playoffs. Dreger's been better than Bob. I think you owe it to yourself, to the team, and to the fans to give that a legitimate shot. More consistent. Bob's been great in the middle part of the season okay. to the last part. I, I just think that you've got an opportunity here. You you go into that with both of your goaltenders, and then you see what happens after the season. Go all in. Florida, go all in. Mm-hmm. Try to win. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes against the Vegas Golden Knights tonight at T-Mobile Arena. Pre-game show is coming up at the top of the hour with Ryan Wallace. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes, like the Golden Knights, will be doing a bit of scoreboard watching tonight. Colorado faces Anaheim, and it's Vegas four points back of the first-place avalanche going into action tonight. The Arizona Coyotes lead the St. Louis Blues by three points as the schedule starts today. That may be down to one point very soon. It's the Minnesota Wild trailing the St. Louis Blues 4-1 in the first period tonight. 
So whatever St. Louis did the other night and that emotion, they nailed out 51 shots, folks. But they got they got through that and played yeah. a much better game. Has carried over to tonight against the Minnesota Wild. And it's the St. Louis Blues who have a, a, a pretty big statement in this game coming off the rebound from Monday's loss to Vegas to beating the Golden Knights Wednesday to facing the Minnesota Wild and having a, a nice start tonight. Yeah, it's a, it's a good start for the St. Louis Blues and certainly uh, what you would like to see from their game against the Vegas Golden Knights and in, in kind of keeping that momentum and moving that forward. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Minnesota can come back in the game and uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Arizona Coyotes bring to the table tonight against Vegas. Lawless sent me that, by the way. He wanted to know if Ryan's watching the Blues game. If I'm watching the Blues game? Yeah. No. No, because you you were you took Arizona before and I took St. Louis before, in the uh, in the pick between these two teams. Uh huh. So I like it because Lawless is now focusing his venom on you instead of me. I enjoy that. Yeah, I'm sure that just just a little bit less heat on me. I'm sure, and there was a nudge you. in the right direction. No, there wasn't. He, he listened to the show today. Uh, it's become part of his thing when yeah. he drives into T-Mobile Arena. He listens to the program. Now now he's upstairs. He's doing that thing. Uh, those are your one timers. For this, what is it? Is it Friday? Yes, For it this is. Friday, April 10th on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Fox Sports Las Vegas, we are at... Uh, T-Mobile Arena getting set for the Arizona Coyotes against the Vegas Golden Knights. Before we get to Chris Chapman and catching up with Chapman, uh, a player that you think, and it can't be Mark Stone, but a player that you think like, does something extraordinary tonight from the Vegas Golden Knights standpoint, trying to just calm things around this organization and turn it in the right direction of going on one of those streaks that will get them back into a first place conversation. I'm going to go with Alex Petrangelo. Mm -hmm. I want to see Alex Petrangelo kind of have his mark on the game top to bottom. I want to see him control things, and I'd like to see him chip in offensively. I think if he does that, then it it does bring that calming presence to this organization, to this team going through this stretch. I'm looking at Alex Petrangelo. Uh, I think Jonathan Marcheseau goes on on a run and, and just does something special. He's, he's been consistent all year, mm-hmm. but he hasn't had one of those wow games. And he's due, and this would be a great opportunity for it, uh, for Jonathan Marsha. So not the night to shine. I don't want to step on your toes from the pregame uh, I mean, you pre-show. can give me your night to shine if you no, want to. No, 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 no. That's that's a pregame show. But I, I was curious uh, from your standpoint. Petrangelo is a great pick. Yeah, here's Chris Chapman with catching up with Chapman. Yeah, I was also going to go with Jonathan Marsha, so by the way. Sure but you were. I was. So, Darren, I, I at this point, if you haven't watched the Masters from yesterday, I, I don't I don't care. I'm going to step all over it. No, I, I, I uh, seventh hole yesterday. Rory McIlroy, one of the most well known players on the tour. I don't know if you saw it, but he hit someone. He hit a spectator on his second shot on the seventh hole. Do you happen no. to know who he hit? Someone, someone kind of relevant. No, he hit his father. Get out of here. Yes. He hit his father. His 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 tee shot went into the woods. And on his second shot, he was he was aiming for his old man. And he happened to hit his father. So I haven't seen the highlight of this. So 
was it was it hard? Like was his dad close? No, well, well, no, no. I mean, it, it when was it, when it, it three hopped and then hit him. No, no, it, it hit him. I think on one bounce, but okay. uh, father seemed to be okay. I guess the tradition is when you hit a spectator, you sign a glove and you give it to the spectator. However, mm-hmm. because it's his father, Rory joked that he would sign a bag of frozen peas and give it to his dad, Jerry, who was uh, watching. And Rory said it went exactly where I wanted it to go. I, I was aiming for my father and, well, he happened to hit him. So There's an old saying in golf where uh, you, you, you don't hit a ball where if it goes straight it's going to end up in trouble. Uh, so he obviously didn't take the advice from uh, all of us. Yeah, Rory ended up bogeying the hole, but he said it was a what perfect What is he today? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I Find out. I don't think he's doing well. What, what do you mean you don't think he's doing well? Well, when they, they flash the scores, he's not anywhere near the leaderboard. I know well, that. Find out what he is. I want to I know don't... if he's going to make the cut. I can fill the time while you're doing that. You've told your story, so I can. You know, uh, I want to. I want to know where my my man Rory is, because I keep waiting for him to win this darn thing and complete the Grand Slam of of golf. That's what I want to to happen for Rory McIlroy, as the Golden Knights uh, take on the Arizona Coyotes. The, the first four games. Remember, they said we don't want to see them again. He's yeah. plus two for. Plus two. He was plus uh, six on the day today. Jeez, he always has one of those rounds lately. Out there. And I don't think he made the cut. Oh, cut went low then. Adam oh. Scott, former UNLV golfer, last player to make the cut. He is uh, three over for the day. And he Sergio Garcia also missed the cut, by the way. Ah, want him to win again, too. Uh, Ryan Wallace is coming up. He's going to uh, tee off the pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, Coyotes and the Golden Knights.